don't we? Amen. Let's give him a shot of praise in his house this morning. Praise God. Man, let's give it up for our worship team as well for leading us in this morning. Thank you guys so much for uh, just taking us there. Man, we could have stayed there all morning, but hey, it is a great morning to be in the house. You guys glad you're here today? Come on now. Hey, welcome to Alive Family Church, both here in person and our friends and family that may be joining us online today. We're so glad to have you guys with us today. We are in week two of our series we've called entitled The Pursuit of holiness, all right, that we kicked off last week, and we just endeavored uh, to dedicate the entire month of August to this study and pursuit of holiness. And so what that looks like is we're going to understand what is holiness, what does it mean to be holy, who does God call to be holy, and what on earth does that maybe look like in our practical everyday lives. And that we're on this journey together. We read last week in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, it says, pursue peace, with all people and pursue holiness for which, uh, without which no one will see the Lord. How many of you guys want to see the Lord, encounter the Lord, experience the Lord in your life? I know I do. And that means the holiness goes along with that, right? And in addition to our study uh, on holiness, we are in the middle of our 21 days of prayer in August. How many of you guys have been joining us for that or, or joining along? Let's hear a shout out online if you're joining us as well. We are a week in. So today is day seven. So hey, if you are not uh, you haven't been joining us yet, you can still get in on this. What we're doing as a church community is we're doing what we call around here the first 15 challenge. And what that simply means is this. We are endeavoring to challenge each other to give God the first 15 minutes of every day for the 21 days, right? And we break that up into five-minute increments, five minutes of worship unto him. Five minutes of praying and talking to him and five minutes of reading our Bible in the word. And we believe that as we encounter a holy God, that is the way we can have holiness in our own lives. Amen. And so if you need an encouragement each day on our live Facebook page and Instagram page around 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock-ish, uh, you get an update from a member of the church that will read a scripture for you, an encouragement. So that's great to kind of jumpstart your time in the word if you need that. Uh, but really, really encourage everybody can participate in this. And what we put in is what we get out. Amen. And so let's go hard into week two as we go into day eight tomorrow. Uh, but let's, let's get back to our pursuit of holiness. Amen. Last week message was holy. What? Right. We like talked about what is holiness. Right. And, and if you missed it, I really, really encourage you guys go back. You can watch it. You can listen to it on all of our media channels. But uh, just real quickly to get everybody up to speed, because it really is the foundation setting uh, sermon was last week that kind of defined some things for us as we jump deeper in today. We talked about two main things last week. The first one was what is holiness? Right. We looked at holiness is the state condition or quality of being holy. And so we looked at holy in the Bible, and there's two definitions that we saw in the Bible for holy. A lot of us, when we hear the word holy, we think of the first secondary def definition, which is to be morally blameless or righteous. Basically, the definition of our conduct, our behavior, dealing with how we live our lives. And we're getting to that in this series. But we wanted to define holy how God defined it. All over scripture, when we encounter the word holy or holiness, what we actually, the primary definition is, uh, you can put that slide up for them again, is is these terms. It means to be separate. It means to be set apart. It means to be other. It means to be uncommon. It means to be different, right? By calling something holy, it means it's set apart for a specific purpose. Amen? And so we talked about that. And then the second thing we really camped out on about is, number two, God is holy. 
Hello, like we have to have this revelation in our lives. We saw in Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44, when God's kind of calling people, God's people out and setting up uh, this way of life for them. He says, for I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves and you shall be holy for I am holy, right? If we really want to understand what holiness is, we, we talked about it last week, we need to understand who God is and have a greater, deeper revelation of who his character is. And as we see throughout scripture, God is holy, right? He is other. He is set apart. He is uncommon. He is different. There is no one like our God. And so throughout this series, we're going to give you little steps to our pursuit of holiness. Last week, in this point, we talked about our first step in our pursuit of holiness is simply to acknowledge that God is holy. Amen? Just in our hearts and our spirits to acknowledge that God is holy. And we saw that it's a way that we can actually worship the Lord by worshiping for his holiness. And we also ended last week, really important in this whole series, man, we're studying the holiness of God, yet we all know that if we believe in Jesus, we're a friend of God, right? And this interesting dilemma that we're caught in that we are friends with God, but yet God is also holy. He's righteous. He's other, right? We can't be in his presence, yet he wants us to be in his presence. This, this kind of give and take of like, whoa, is he like my main dog? Or like, am I like bowing at his feet type thing? We get caught in this. We want to have the right perspective. We want to have the right reverence as we approach a holy God to really understand this holiness topic. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 kind of set us free from that. It said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding, right? Not being afraid of God. The fear of the Lord means reverence. It means a proper attitude or perspective of who God is. May we maintain this reverence, this fear of the Lord, and this knowledge of the Holy One if we want to understand what holiness is in our own life. Amen. And so we looked at the, hey, if we understand that God's holy, that revelation unlocks the door to holiness in our own lives, which is where I want to pick up today and continue our journey. And so if you're taking notes today, you like message titles, the title of my message is this, who you calling holy, okay? Who are you calling holy? Let's pray and then we'll jump right into God's word. Heavenly Father, we love you so much and we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for your holiness, your otherness, your set apart, your aboveness, Lord. We seek you and we desire for to be, to be made holy just like you call us holy, Lord. Show us what that means today. I thank you for revelation, light, knowledge, and understanding for every person under the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, customize today's message and make it applicable to every person, no matter where they're at, no matter what season, no matter where they're at in their journey or their relationship with you, Lord God, that you would call us and call the greatness and the gold out of us, Father God, and call us up to that holy place with you. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said... Amen. Woo. Everybody good? We're all up, caught up. Man, if you missed last week, man, you're like, shoot, I'm glad I came today because I got the, the spark notes, right? The cliff notes, right? But hey, since we've ex uh, established the foundation that God is holy, now we can move into the next steps of our pursuit, all right? And, and we saw last week in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, it says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy, in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And we learn that, hey, God calls every Christian to be holy, right? And, and the basis of us living a holy life is based solely on the fact that God is holy, 
Because God is holy, he calls us and requires our lives to be holy. Would you say to the person next to you, who you call in holy? Turn to your second holiest choice and say, you are. <laughs> You're holy, all right? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. We're going to go there in a second, but I want to set up this premise here. Our second step, the second step in our pursuit of holiness is to understand that God calls us holy. God calls us holy. This will make a little more sense as we're done with this in a second. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Man, you are God's special people. He calls you holy. The, new, or the King James says you are a peculiar, interesting people, aren't we? Followers of Christ, right? I love how Eugene Peterson's message translation portrays 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. I love that, don't you? Some of you might be sitting here and be like, man, pastor, who are you calling holy? And God's saying, you, I'm calling you holy. Yeah, you, don't be like looking behind you at the guy next to you. This is this is for you. This word this morning is for you. From the very beginning, God has designed and God has intended for his people to be holy, right? When he's bringing them out of Egypt in the bondage and setting them up and get in the Exodus, he was saying, I want you to be a holy people, a set apart people, people above the rest, people that are, don't look like the world, don't talk like the world, don't worship the gods and all these foreign gods of all these other lands that I'm bringing you out of. You don't do that. You serve the one holy God. You are special. You are set apart. There's a high calling on your life. And guess what? That calling has not changed for over thousands of years. If we call Jesus Christ Lord and Savior, God has called us to be holy. Amen? And so the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul reminds us of this in Philippians chapter 2 verse 15. And if you've been joining us along in the, the 21 days of prayer, it's actually a, one of the scripture readings this week in, in our days of prayer. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15 says, but that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Amen? Because I'm shining. Any Moana on a Monday or a Sunday morning? No? Okay, sorry. I, I have young kids. Disney's on all the time. God's plan and his calling for his people has always been and will always be for us to be holy, to shine a light, to look different from the world, to act differently than the world tells you to, to speak differently than the world because if you are just like the world, you're not set apart. You're not separate. You're not uncommon. You're not other. You're just normal. You're mediocre. But God has called us as his people to be above that, not in a holier-than-thou aspect, but just, hey, we're going to be set apart. And when you're set apart from a dark, crooked, perverse world, which that scripture speaks right to our generation today, you will shine. If you're placed in darkness and you're shining a light, your light gets brighter. Amen? And so God has called us to be holy. Man, are you catching this? God calls us holy. God calls you and I holy. And, and, and that's incredible. And that's awesome. 
And that's probably also at the same point pretty intimidating for a lot of us, right? Because let's just be transparent and real. We don't feel holy a lot of times. We don't act holy throughout the week a lot of times, right? That this is a this is a high calling, right? We don't feel set apart from the rest of the world a lot of the time, right? And this is what I love about God. God's a faith God because he calls the gold out of us even before our behavior lines up to it, amen? I don't have it for the screen, but we know from Romans chapter four, verse 17, we serve a God who calls those things that aren't as though they were, amen? So he might take a broken, busted, disgusted life like ours and a sinful life, and he says, you're holy, you're set apart. Even before our lifestyle lines up to it, it doesn't change the fact that God has designed us and wired us to become that, to live from a place of that. What a faith God, amen? And let me help you illustrate this. Have you ever been called something that maybe you've had some trouble associating with, right? Like, Like, for example, like, Maybe someone's like, oh, you're lazy. Oh, you're, 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 um, you're messy. You're, you're forgetful, right? You're shy. And, and there might be actually some truth in some of those statements. But how many of you guys know, I don't want to associate with that. I don't want that sticking to my life, right? I don't want that spoken over me, right? Or, or maybe, maybe you, have a, you have a nickname or you had a nickname growing up. Any, anybody be honest and transparent. You don't have to tell your neighbor your nickname. But uh, you have a nickname other than your name. Let, let me see a show of hands here. A couple of people, you understand that. Somebody, a lot of people call you something different than what your actual name on your birth certificate is. Yeah. I'm going to be very real and I'm going to have a vulnerable moment with you guys today and let you in on a little unknown fact from my childhood that I had a nickname growing up, and that nickname was Goose. And it has nothing to do with Top Gun or Maverick or being a wingman. My, my last name is Giso, and people, like, I think it was just easier for people to call me Goose instead of try to butcher Giso, like telemarketers in the 90s, Mr. Giso. It's like, nope, not here, only Giso, right? Like, you butchered it, I'm not going to answer your call, right? Um, and so Geese turned into a bird that, we see geese pooping and hissing at everybody at the mill pond, right? To then somehow we got goose, like two different animals, but I was goose, all right? And everybody called me goose, like, like my basketball teammates, random kids at school that I didn't even know, right? Like coaches, teachers, like, like shoot, Eric was talking about in announcements that one of, at our, at our planning commission meeting this past Monday night, as we went before uh, the planning commission to get our site plan approved, as I'm walking up to the podium after they've already voted unanimously, it's approved, and I have to sign the thing, one of the guys that was a longtime member of the Brighton school board, who I did not know from Adam, but he knew us, as I'm signing it, he goes, didn't they used to call you Goose back in high school? And I was like, who are you? Whoa, like this dude knows my nickname. And I'll just be totally transparent and honest with you. I, I didn't like it at first, but it just stuck. And after a while, I realized this ain't going away. No one's going to try to say geese ever again. Goose is way easier. Do I look like a goose? Do I sound like a goose? Like, do I play basketball like a goose? I don't know. Like, I don't know if you know if I like gooses, geeses, goslings. I don't know how you say it. But I was goose. And so I just leaned into it so much so that by the end of my sophomore year, when I turned 16 and I got my license, I got a custom license plate. You know what I'm saying? And it was Goose 3. 
Why Goose 3? Because Goose and Goose 1 and 2 were taken, right? So you only got what they have left, right? Somebody else took that. I, I, I would like to shake the hand of meat, the original Goose, right? Uh, probably, probably the actor from Top Gun, right? Uh, but, but so I'm driving around. Picture young 16-year-old Eric bumping in his 98 black Ford Explorer Sport with the subwoofers cranking, not saved, totally heathen, all right? Driving around Livingston County with his Letterman jacket on, thinking he's the bomb and he's Goose, all right? Now, I share all this to be transparent with you and let you know that I have some really good memories from Goose. I have a lot of memories that are jacked up, twisted, and dark from Goose. Goose died when Eric Giso received Jesus Christ into his life over 18 years ago. Amen? And so, just a warning, I don't go by Goose. If you call me Goose in the lobby, I won't turn, all right? I'll play it off cool. But I share this story to illustrate this fact that, man, being called holy can sometimes feel like that, like that nickname that you don't line up to, right? God calls me holy, yet you saw what I looked at this week on there. You saw what I did this week. You saw how I treated my spouse. You saw uh, my anger issues. You saw my insecurities and my fear, Lord. How dare you call, who you calling holy, God? Like, I am not holy. You've seen me live my life, yet it, 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 it calls you up. And here's the deal. God wants the term in the name holy to stick to your life, Amen. He wants it to stick on your life. If we want to pursue holiness in our lives, then we must understand that God calls us holy. He calls you and I to be holy. His desire is for us to be holy and live a set-apart, uncommon, different life than anyone else. And, And that is a high and heavy calling, isn't it? Let's be real. Let's just call it what it is. It's weighty. We get excited about it, but it's weighty. And it almost feels impossible, right? Like without God's help, and very true, without God's help and without him doing anything else, we cannot attain to this calling of holy in our lives. That's why we need him. That's why we need to understand that he is holy and have a personal relationship with him. That's step one in our pursuit of holiness, that God is holy and I serve him and I worship him, right? Step two is knowing that God calls us holy, right? And here's what I love about our God. He always backs up his calling and his plans in our life. If God's leading you, he'll feed you. Amen? If God guides you, he'll provide. If God calls you to it, he will see you through it. Amen? God always backs up his calling and his plan and his life, which leads us to our next important step in the pursuit of holiness. The third step in our pursuit of holiness is the revelation that God made us holy. I cannot wait to get to this one. Come on. Who's ready to go a little bit deeper in your relationship with God? Come on. Who's ready to understand what God already did for you and I? This is incredible. This revelation we're about to talk about here, because here's the deal. God's committed. God's got skin in the game. God put his money where his mouth is. God is serious about this holiness thing. And not only has God called you holy, God has made you holy. This is awesome. Check this out. You guys ready? God knows his word. God is a man of his word. He knows in James 2 that faith without works. Remember, he's a God that calls those things as not as though he were. So faith without works is dead. So God doesn't all just put a term on you and then sit back and say, figure it out on yourself. No, he, he backs it up. That's why he went to work and he did something about our unholy condition, about our sin and separated condition from him. He got to work, right? And that's what I want to spend the rest of our time on today talking about how God made you and he made I holy. How did he do this? What does that mean for us today, right? 
we're going to experience both definitions of what God made us. He made us holy. He made us set apart. But he also made us morally righteous and blameless in his sight. How on earth did he do that? And what does that mean for us, right? When we're talking about how God made us holy, another phrase that we often come up as we study the scriptures is the term righteous or righteousness, all right? That sounds very churchy, uh, very hard to wrap our brain around what that means. And just so you know, just a disclaimer, holiness and righteousness aren't the same thing, but they're very closely related, right? Holiness is living a life set apart, uncommon or other, right? Righteousness is having right standing with God, right? Being morally blameless before God. So because of the righteousness we have in Christ, we can live holy lives, right? Without the righteousness of Christ, we can never live holy, set apart, blameless, morally righteous lives, right? And why is that? A three-letter word that gets in the way of a lot of what God has intended for us, and that word is sin. And we're not scared to talk about sin in church. Some churches don't even talk about sin. How many of you guys know <laughs> we need to address the issue if we're ever going to live out how God has called us to do? It always goes back to sin. Sin is a nasty thing in our life, and, and I think we, we kind of get worked up about it, but I want to take us on a little journey here to understand the, the effects, the negative effects of sin and how we're all wrapped up in this. Are you guys cool? So we're going to go through this really quickly. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, core verse, we've got to understand this. It says, for all, how many? How many? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This isn't for your neighbor. This isn't for the people sitting in the back row of church. This isn't the people that couldn't even make it in and they're just watching online. This is for everybody. All have sinned and fallen short of God's mark. Sin is missing the mark. And he played darts before. It's nice to get a bullseye bet. How many of you guys know you don't get a bullseye every time? So in life, it's like throwing a dart at the, the, the bullseye, but you always don't hit the middle. That's sin. We just miss the mark, right? We in our humanness have a sin nature. We got that from Adam, and it's been passed down to every person that's ever born after him. We have a sin nature, right? We miss the bullseye of God's perfection, of God's glory in our life, right? And, and this sin nature is not good. In Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2, it says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So not only have all sin, but sin is bad because it separates us from God, right? It brings separation between our relationship with God. God loves us. He's got an amazing plan for us, but he hates sin and he cannot be near it. So sin separates us and, and dis, uh, dismantles the intimacy that we can have with our heavenly father, then we realize, oh, shoot, I got to get back in God's good graces, right? So what do we do in our humanness? We try to strive. We try to do good works. We try to come to church more. We try to read our Bible more. We try to do all these Christian things to try to get into God's good graces. And, and all these great righteous acts that we do, we got to remember what the Bible says in Isaiah 64, 6. It says, but we are all like an unclean thing, and all of our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. If you needed a humbling verse this morning, there it is, Isaiah 64, 6. Our best works and our best efforts are like filthy rags to God. So some of you are like, who are you calling holy? Like some of you are reading this script, you're like, we're doomed. Like we're never going to make it to heaven. Like how, how are we going to do that? If we're left in that sinful state, 
and God really didn't do anything and didn't put his money where his mouth was and didn't be committed and didn't love us and didn't send his one and only son, if, if he just said, that's it, that's a condition, and you're separated, good luck, we are doomed. We are dead in that sin, right? We also know, uh, I think I skipped a scripture, yeah, Romans uh, chapter 6, verse 23, if you can go back a little bit, the other thing that sin produces is death in our lives, right? The wages of sin are what? Death. They don't pay life. Sin don't pay life. It feels good in the moment, but it produces spiritual death in our lives. So this is a, a really bad situation. We find ourselves in unless God did something. And guess what? He did. Someone say, but God. But God. And here's the game changer that I want to get to you because this verse is often commonly read real quickly. Because a couple of verses before this verse is, I've been and made a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things are, the old is gone, the new is coming. That's good news. Amen. How many of you guys know, aren't you glad you're new in Christ? But a few verses after that, we get this verse. And if you're reading real fast and just really excited about the last verse, you miss the implications of how this could literally change your life. And the verse I'm talking about is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Just four verses after the new creation, the first 2 Corinthians 5, 20, or 17 verse, right? First, second, sorry, second Corinthians 5.21 says this, for he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Someone say game changer. This is a game changer revelation if we do more than just read it, but actually understand that this is our spiritual position when we are a believer in Christ, when we're in him, these in him realities, we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. What does that mean? Jesus became sin for us. Jesus took you and I's place. Jesus paid our penalty. Sin equals death. We were supposed to hang on the cross. Jesus came and hung there for us. Come on, somebody. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, he made us the righteousness of God in him. Whoa. Now, what does this mean? It means all of us that believe in Jesus have been justified or made right in God's sight. The righteousness of God in Christ sounds very churchy and intimidating. What that means is simply you and I have right standing with God in heaven. We have right standing with the Father. Our sins have been forgiven, and, and when we're in Christ, we can stand in God's presence as if sin never existed. That will change your attitude towards God, that will change how you come into God's presence, not whipped and beat like the enemy because I was saying, God, if you're not too mad at me and you don't want to burn me up in fire, could you answer this prayer? No, we don't come into God's presence like that because he's like, what are you talking about? I don't see your sin. I see Jesus. You're covered by the blood. All I see is what my son did for you. Yeah, we all missed the mark. I already preached that, right? All have sinned and fallen short. I took care of it with what my son did in his death, burial, and resurrection, right? When God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin. He sees Jesus, amen? That is incredible. Talk about good news. That's probably why they call it the gospel, amen? So what does that mean? Man, that's such good news for us on so many fronts. He who knew no pride became pride for us so that you and I can stand before God as if we've never walked in pride. Woo! He who knew no lust became lust for us so that we could stand in God's presence as if we've never lusted, even though we've done it a lot. He who knew no selfishness became selfishness for us so that we can stand in God's presence as if we've never been selfish. Do you see the, the implications of this verse? 
of this revelation. This is powerful stuff, right? Who are you calling holy? God says you. I'm calling you holy. He's calling all of us holy, right? Anyone who's received Christ and it stands in him. And so I think it's important for us to realize that, man, our holiness and ability to live a holy life entirely depends on the work of Jesus Christ for us. Amen? Right? In our best righteousness, our filthy rags, we need Jesus. God knew that. That's why he sent it. It was always a part of his plan. And my goodness, aren't you glad he did it? Aren't you glad he didn't just call us holy, but he said, you know what? I'm going to back this thing up. I'm going to make you holy too. I'm going to make it very hard for you not to experience a holy life because I did everything I already said I was going to do about it. You just need to walk in it. Amen? We see this. Paul's greeting even to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 1-2. He says, to the church of God in Corinth, though, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. We see both things here. Sanctified is another word for made holy or set apart, right? So not only did he make us holy, but he also called his people to be holy, right? So through Christ, we are made holy in our right standing with God, and we are called to be holy in our daily lives. This is how God wants it to work. Not only do we have the nickname, holy, he calls us to live up to our lifestyle of holiness, right? And, and how I want to kind of end this here is really just talking about, you got to know your position, amen? As a believer, you got to know how you are positioned, because here's what I know, from, especially from sports, right? You, and we'll get to that in a second, sorry. I, I, I do need to camp out on this a little bit longer. I feel like the Lord wants me to do this. All right, you've been made, you and I have been made righteous because of what God did for us, right? We're, we have a spiritual position of right standing with God, according to what God did in the Bible, right? We see it. For some of us, we are way more sin conscious than we are righteousness conscious. We go throughout our week just talking about sin, trying to resist sin, avoiding sin, 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 sin. And yes, we need to stay away from it because it, it produces death. We miss the mark. It separates us from God. Don't get me wrong, it's bad. But if only, you know, you know when you drive, wherever you look, you go? Like, like have you ever been talking to kids in the back and then you look up, you're like, whoa, you're shifting lanes? Wherever you look, is where the direction your life heads. So if we're playing around with fire, sin, do, 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 don't do it, don't do it. Like, we're going to eventually sin. But if we're more righteousness kind, if we all understand that, hey, God set us free, sin's real, it exists in our life, it's every day, it wants to creep into our life and pollute our lives. But I know who I am in my position because of what Jesus already did for me, Amen. So I'm going to focus more on, man, God already set me free from that sin. God already did everything he said he was going to do so that I don't have to choose that sin. I don't have to go down that road again. I don't have to make that bad decision again. Amen? And from the place of righteousness conscious, I live my life in true holiness and worship to God. It makes me want to worship God. It makes me want to live a life that's pleasing and holy to him because God did so much for me. Does that make sense? So I feel like some of us, we need to get out of the camp of sin conscious and get into righteousness and start living every day from that place and watch how our behavior lines up to our position, amen? For some of us, we need to begin to see ourselves, how God sees us with right standing in his eyes, amen? We all have sinned, we've all missed it, we've all blown it, but Jesus took care of that, amen? So what does that mean? That means in Christ, you're not an addict. 
so you don't need to go back to the substance or the situation that you're addicted to when you're righteousness conscious, amen? In Christ, you're not prideful, so you can live humbly. In Christ, you don't have anger problems, so you don't have to fly off your handle at your spouse or your kids or your coworkers, right? In Christ, you're not sexually impure, so what does that mean? That means you can have purity in your relationships, both physical relationships and online relationships. Amen? There's a di- this is a game changer. And to illustrate this, again, like I was getting off on earlier, I think this is important. I felt like God just said in my spirit this week as I was preparing, know your position. Know your position. And this makes total sense if you guys are familiar with sports, but when you know what position you play, you know how to play. Amen? And so like football starting up, I, I, anybody watch a preseason game yesterday? Like some of the women are like, what, football's here already? Like, get behind me, Satan, right? I'm so pumped, I cannot wait. Like you can smell it, you can feel it. When that first crisp August day comes, like it's had this weekend, football's in the air, right? And, uh, our, our, uh, our middle son, uh, Eli, he's playing football uh, this year again, his third year. And I've been watching them and they did condition this week and they finally starting to get some positions. And when you know your position, you know how to play, right? Like if you're the quarterback, you know you're going to be handing balls off. You're going to be throwing balls. You're going to be leading the huddle. You're going to be making the play call. You're going to call the audible, right? You're not going to be blocking somebody. You're going to know your position and operate or play or live in the right way, right? If you're on the offensive line, you're going to be a beast and a wall. And you're not going to let anybody go rip your quarterback's head off, right? You're going to block. You know your position. If you're on the defensive line, you're going to be like, I'm going to rip that quarterback's head off, right? This guy's in front of me. I'm going to swim move. I'm going to get around. I'm going to light that guy up. You know how to play. Because why? You know your position, The same is true in knowing your spiritual position. You see where I'm going with this, guys? You have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Know your position in Christ because it will affect how you play, a.k.a. it will affect how you live. It will affect how you think. It will affect how you speak. It will affect how you interact with people and with God. It will affect, and you'll be able to play the right way because you know your position, right? Have you ever just thrown out a ball with a bunch of young kids and said, go play, and you don't give them any assignments or position? They all just chase the ball. Yeah, remember soccer peewee days? You just, your kids were so like hyperactive, you're just like, let's just sign them up for soccer like every time it's available because we need them to sleep at night, right? It's like, and they're all just chasing the ball. As they get older, they get positions. Oh, defense doesn't go down to the other end and try to score. They stay here and just play their role. Midfielders kind of don't go down. They might score, but they're kind of here. And you know what I'm saying? Like you get positions. And when you know your position, you know how to play. I felt God said, man, know your position, church. Know your position, believer. Know whose you are and who you are. Not only does God call you holy, he made you holy. So you walk in holiness not of anything you've done, but because of everything Christ has done. He's already done all the heavy lifting. Like I said, he has skin in the game. Literally, he put his one and only son up on the cross. He had skin in the game on this holiness thing, and he backed it up with his life, the sacrifice of his one and only son. 
I think as we journey through and we got two more weeks of this series, I think you guys are starting to understand, you'll begin to see that holiness is not some magical destination we're trying to get to. It's an identity we get to live from. It's not a magical, like, I'm going to get there. Cool, I'm holy now. Check the box. It's, it's, a de- it's, it's an identity. It's a position that we live from. Holiness isn't a box to check off. It's a mindset. It's a perspective. It's a frame of God and who we are in relation to him and how he's called us to live. And we just live from that position. That takes care of holiness for us. But we like to compartmentalize stuff. And so we're going to learn next week that we're going to continue this journey. Amen. Each week builds on the other. That's why I just encourage you, hey, if the next two weekends in August, get to the house, tune in online, do what you can do. I believe this, this, this teaching, this study will revolution our, our personal relationship with God, but it also will change our church. Amen. When we understand whose we are and, and that we're called to be holy and that God made us holy and how does that even look like? We're going to start diving into, even though we're called to be holy and we've been made holy, how many of you guys know we still have a choice? We still have a choice. And we're going we're gonna to take it. We're going to let the rubber meet the road next week as we kind of dive into how do I do with what my position is? Praise God for what he's done. But what does it look like on Monday afternoon when I'm all alone in my room and that sin and that temptation starts coming around? How do we overcome that? And how do we make the right choice? How many of you guys know we can't do it without God's help? Amen. And so today, may you be encouraged. Today, let the name Holy stick to you. And that's not a bad nickname. That's a blessing. Amen. God has called you holy, and guess what? In case you don't believe it, he sent his one and only son to make you holy, to make you righteous, to make you morally blameless and pure, to have right standing in his sight, and that is a beautiful thing. May we not dwell on the sin, but may we be righteousness conscious, and from this place, go out those doors, and this week, live a holy, righteous life, because God made a way for us to do it. Amen? Would you pray with me, friends, as we ask God and his power to help us with doing this? Father, we love you so much, and we just thank you. We thank you for your word today. We thank you that it's truth. Lord, I thank you that you call us holy. A sinful people, a people that miss the mark in our own efforts, it's righteous, it's, un, it's, un, it's filthy rags. But yet you still call us holy. It's been your plan from the very beginning to be set apart to be other, to be uncommon, to be different from the world. What a high calling that is, Father. We can feel the weight of that calling, and sometimes we just want to bend and break under that weight, but because you called us holy, you also were a man who backed up your calling and made us holy. And so, Father God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that by him and by his sacrifice on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Father, we thank you that we have right standing with our heavenly Father. You're not mad at us. You're not ashamed at us. You're not ticked at us. You see Jesus. When you look at us, you don't see the sin. You don't see the stains. You don't see the failures and the missteps. Father, we thank you that we've been set free from the bondage of sin, the death of sin, the separation of sin sin because of your blood. And Father God, we boldly enter into your presence right now. And we ask you, Father, help us live up to the name you've put on our lives. And that is holy. Help us be other this week. Help shine as lights in a dark world, in a crooked and perverse generation. May our light shine. May we be different. May we love more deeply than those around us. May we forgive 
more easily than the world would say to forgive. May we serve more willingly than people would want to do in the world. Or may we look and act and speak like you, Jesus. Make us more like you. Holy Spirit, burn that fire and that flame on the inside. Lord, we want burn for you and no one else. So burn away all the impurities, burn away all the things that get in our way that separate us from this holiness lifestyle, Lord God. We're not trying to be better than somebody else. We're trying to be like you. And so, Father God, help us with that. Help us with the proper mindset. Help us know our position. <laughs> Lord, we'll play the right way. We'll live the right way when we know our position in you. Father God, may we live our lives from a place of righteousness and holiness, not trying to attain it, but already knowing that it's been made and purchased for us, that we can live it out with grace and with joy. Father, we love you. We praise you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed said. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you're here today, well, I'd just like to end with this. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus personally, that is the first step in any, any relationship with God. We've talked a lot about what Jesus did for us on the cross, and he did that for you too. If you don't have a personal relationship with him, that's the first step in, in experiencing the life that God has for you. And uh, the cool thing is you don't have to clean your life up first before you receive him. <laughs> you come to him as you are, and you allow him to save you and clean you up, amen? How many of you guys know we can't clean ourselves up, amen? Even if we try, we will fail. But Jesus knows exactly what gets us. He knows exactly what's hurt us. He knows the condition of our heart. That's why he's the perfect savior and he's Lord too. When we give him reins and the rule of our life, he, he steers it, he drives it in a beautiful way, better than we could ever do in our own strength. So out of reverence to this moment, with if everybody could just bow your heads and close your eyes. I just, I never like to close the service without giving an invitation for somebody to maybe receive Jesus for the first time as their Lord and Savior. Or maybe you have done this a long time ago, but you haven't been walking with God. And today you want to renew your commitment to follow Jesus and live from that righteousness conscience. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just want to be included in a prayer I'm about to pray, would you just slip up your hand so I know if I'm talking to anybody today? And online too, you can get in on this and just know that no matter where you are, there's no distance in the spirit. God hears you. He sees the condition of your heart and he wants to come in in some powerful ways. Would you guys repeat this prayer after me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my savior. Jesus, come into my life, change me and help me live a life that honors you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.